Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Rayburn, what's going on in your world? A whole lot of nothing, but I want to take this opportunity to thank all the wonderful people that came out to Lavish's Trunk or Treat meet and greet yesterday uh, to meet one half of the Rated Radio team. It was very fun, very interesting, and I'm glad we were a part of it. I'm clearly too good for all of y'all, <laughs> the real world in general. Yeah, you have to pay him in advance to show up. So what's going on in your world, Shane? Um... Well, we had a coronavirus scare this week, so my wife's been home, but none of us have coronavirus. Yay! So, that's good. I want to apologize in advance if it looks like I have jizzed all over my shirt. Um, There's soap (laughs) still on it from the washing machine. Okay. I kept wondering, why didn't I wear this shirt this week? And I was like, that's right. It's the jizz shirt. It's got the... Didn't even notice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, most of what I wanted to talk about right here was stuff for our guest this week, and that's my brother-in-law, Joseph. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, How did last night go? Um, It was awesome. We did the whole uh, Halloween thing, and I got to dress as a clown and stand on the roof of the house and freak people out, so it was pretty cool. You were sending candy down a chute, or was that happening? Well, see, we got like... uh, It gets really hot in costume, so we had like a couple costumes and we were swapping out throughout the night that way everybody got breaks i now appreciate people more who work at a haunted house because i bet that is a hell of a job yeah yeah (laughs) brutal uh you sold your car this last week that couldn't have been an easy thing to do are you looking for something specific whenever you go to get the next one uh it will be another project i'm not sure yet Um, I've always been Mustangs, like strictly Mustangs, but, um, I was looking into, uh, I kind of want to build an S10 truck, so I'm looking into going, like, with an S10. With a 383 stroker or something like that, but it won't be anytime soon, you know, I got to, the whole reason for getting rid of the car was finances and getting back where we needed to be, so, um, I'm going to accomplish that first before I start any other projects. Yeah, being an adult sucks. Oh, yeah. I found out this week. Remember me talking about how I thought my commissions from the in-store sales might have been halved? Yeah. Two-thirds. Two-thirds gone. Mm. So At least you're happy. It's been brutal all the way around, but yes, I am. And enough about us. Roll the intro. Nobody has anything to say? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Well, allow me to get into this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start out with my gift for our guest, and that's a list of five songs that make me think about my brother-in-law here. Uh, Number one for me is Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue. This is kind of a two-for-one pick. It uh, lets me highlight your love of Motley Crue, Joseph. Uh, Listeners, go watch the Dirt film on Netflix if you haven't already seen it. But this also brings to mind all the time we spent playing Guitar Hero at the West Wind Department. Something I'll never forget is that while the rest of us were trying to kick ourselves into playing the game on Expert, you were on a mission to perfect the game on Medium, by which I mean you'd obsessively play a song until you could get through it without missing a single note. And 
that sort of dedication and uniqueness is something I've always respected about you. Well, thank you. Mr. Medium. And people would, they would joke, like some of, some of the people that would come around every now and then who thought they were great, and they'd miss like 8 million notes on hard or expert. But then you sit Joseph down in front of it, and they want to joke because he's picked Medium, and then he 100%s the song. Like, yeah, let's see you do it. Yeah, I had a, I had Thunderkiss 65 down without looking at the TV. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Just remember that he's Mr. Medium, not Mr. Small. <laughs> wow. Maybe Mr. Easy, but never Mr. Small. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I'm trying to I'm trying to boost his confidence this morning. Come on, I got confidence booster. Next pick for me is Quarantine Fucking Tonight by Mark Rebier. <laughs> now, you actually sent this song to me via YouTube. And I was happy to find that it's now on Spotify just in time for your appearance. This was a Two Girls, One Quarantine is what it's called on YouTube. And you've yet to watch it, right, Ray? I'm guessing I have based yet on, to watch it. It's on our playlist. You should go check it out. <laughs> but uh, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard the phrase, she totally wants me come out of Joseph's mouth. Uh, Most recently, you upped your game, dude, uh, to a whole new level. We were at a gas station, I think, uh, filling up a moving truck or something, and there were two girls on the side of the building with their hood open, looking completely lost, right? Like their vehicle was broken down, they didn't know what they were doing, but they still seemed determined to fix it. So Joseph being Joseph, he got out to go help. And all I remember, apart from Michael and I joking about how this would all unfold, like what was going to happen, will he get in the car and go with them to some shop, or are they going to stab him, you know, or whatever, all I remember is Joseph coming back and saying, yeah, they totally want me. (laughs) Nice. Not she, it was not one or the other, it was they. Both of them equally. And to be clear, this situation was completely innocent, it's just a funny aside. I can't help the signals I am sent, Shane. Blue. By every woman you meet on the planet. It's not just women, some guys too. Blue and I were talking about... Um, God damn it. <laughs> we were talking about Joseph and when we were younger and how we used to go to grandma's to... Not the old, old trailer. Well, yeah, not the old, old trailer. But we were talking about... We were driving through Denton earlier in the week and the Dollar General family doll that used to be the Piggly Wiggly. Right. I was like, I remember Joseph skateboarding outside that Piggly Wiggly when he was just little. And yeah. I was little. I remember and- they uh, they built a ramp one day on the road we lived on. <laughs> and they were filming it. They had that fucking camcorder out and they were filming. Was it you who actually went to hit this thing because everyone was scared to? And it was wooden. And right? went through just the center of it? Just went through it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the... Uh, can I say his name? You think it's cool? Yeah, first names. Right. Uh, it was uh, Nathan. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was hilarious. He dropped down the ramp, went up the other ramp... <laughs> His skateboard flew straight out, and his midway, his body, like his waist, just fell and tore right through the middle of the ramp. <laughs> and he was like bent this weird way and like yelling. Dude, it was greatness. That was hilarious. Good times. Yeah. And plenty of Nathan's stories to share. If you ever come back on, we should go down that rabbit hole. Oh, yes, yes. There's plenty there. Third for me here is Late by Ben Folds. Uh, we've been through a lot. And whether it's writing music, helping people in a pinch, dealing with our own drama, or just showing up when called on, there are a million things you've done, never expecting any kind of thanks. And I never wanted it to be too late to say thank you. So this song is my way. Give it a listen and you'll understand why. All right, I will. You sentimental shit. I I have to sneak it in there, right? I know. At least it's early. 
So moving away from the sentimental shit, uh, fourth is Fat Around the Heart by King810. Joseph's been introducing me to new music since we first met. I was just a teenager, I think. Had just become a teenager. He was still telling us his name was Kyle. Yeah. How long did that go on? We thought you were Kyle for a, a while. Dude, years. And even when my name was... When everyone started finding out my name was Joseph, they thought my middle name was Kyle. So they still thought there was association <laughs> in there. Because when everybody started coming around my mom, obviously, she was like, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. And I was like, nobody thinks that's my name. It's Kyle, mom. No, mom. My name Kyle. is Kyle. <laughs> so... She went along with it for a little bit, but then she was like, no, we can't do that. So she started calling me Joseph. So everybody was just like, oh, your middle name must be Kyle. And I just was like, oh, yeah. So we just went with that. So please explain to me, because I was around for the no, his name is Kyle. No, his name is Joseph battle going on. What made you choose Kyle? Well, I have a cousin named Kyle. And for whatever reason, growing up, I thought that was the coolest name, dude. Like, when I used to watch movies as a kid, I mean, I don't have any examples. Mm -hmm. But all the cool people were Kyle. Kyle. Okay? So I was like, oh, I want to be that surfer, (laughs) skateboarder Kyle, dude. You straight up jacked your cousin's name. So I was was like, "Mm." and I took, you can be whoever you want to be to a whole new level. He really did. (laughs) Yeah. This is where the uh, nickname stuff comes from in the book. It's where it started. We uh, we we started trying to give everybody nicknames when we knew his real name. Life just felt like a lie. You had to have something else. Yeah. So I remember I started calling this motherfucker Snatch. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it was you. It may have been Ethan. Somebody started calling me fucking Pop-Tart. Because that was a big thing on my diet when I came off of Atkins was I would eat like one fucking Pop-Tart. Pop-Tart. For half the day. And anyway. It's better than pine or cheesecake. That's all I'm going to say about that. I still feel bad about the Snatch thing, but it was uh, it, it was meant as a nice thing. like Because that movie, Snatch. Like oh, some of with the characters uh, in, Brad Pitt? Yeah, some yeah. of the characters made me think about Joseph. It was never meant as like an insult, but I think yeah. everyone thought I was just calling him a pussy good movie well me being the age i was uh the snatch thing kind of went over my head oh (laughs) i thought uh (laughs) at the time i thought oh yeah i still shit sometimes (laughs) like (laughs) i thought that's where the name came from i mean i was just like okay whatever you know i still shit sometimes but that was you know i never it was only corporations i stole from right you know that was it nice Kyle. Thank you for not targeting <laughs> small business owners. I'm going to put Kyle on this week's show notes. It'll be like featuring Kyle. Kyle. Uh, last pick for me here is Bring Your Whole Crew by DMX. Oh, that's my shit. My list for you was a mile long. I went with this as a final pick because DMX music in general takes me back to a place where uh, we were around each other, usually daily, for a long time. From homelessness to night swimming to hotel rooms and things I'd be in trouble for talking about in detail on the show, uh, DMX music fits most of those situations one way or another, and you used to claim this was your favorite DMX song, and that's why it's here. Yes, it was. I used to play that over and over and over. Definitely a favorite. I can attest to this. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we have some questions for you. We're going to go ahead and, and get through the first five, and then we'll move to our first artist here. Uh, tell us about your favorite concert experience. Okay, I couldn't decide. I kind of got two. So uh, me and Al went and saw Flaw at uh, Trees. Trees. And I, um, I knew this was going to be here. We were, uh, 
that's when I actually got to meet like Chris. He was standing outside smoking a cigarette, which is a singer. So we went out there. We talked to him for a while. Well, me, Al, and the guitarist really hit it off. Like, so we were hanging out with him for like probably a good hour or longer before the show. That's cool. And um, there was a <laughs> there was a picture where um, I was actually underage at the time to be drinking. But there's a picture, Al may have it, I don't know, it ended up somewhere. But um, I'm on my knees with my hands out, you know, and um, I'm looking up, and Lance, the guitarist, he is pouring beer in my mouth, my mouth just opened. <laughs> nice. So after Al snaps his picture, he feels like he has to one-up me, because that's what he does, especially when he's drinking. <laughs> he runs up and he goes, bro, okay, look. Now, I want a picture of you downing the beer, and then you spit it in my mouth. <laughs> and Lance looks at him, bro, and he goes, that's probably the weirdest request I've ever had. But if that's something you want to do, man, we can make it happen. <laughs> and so it ended up just being a picture where he has, like, super long dreads. So he hung them over Al's head, basically. Nice. So it looks like the dreads are on Al, too. Right. So he took that picture. But yeah, we ended up hanging out with this dude for a long time, man. He told us all about the band and all kinds of stuff. My uh, next one was uh, Avatar at Texas Mutiny, which is a show that you took us to. No. Um, <laughs> and we went... The main reason we were going was Chevelle. Um, I believe Hell Yeah was there. And a couple other bands I was really wanting to see. Um, Avatar had just hit the radio here in the States with uh, one of their songs. Uh, I can't... Oh, something burn. Just mm -hmm. let it burn. Okay, and um, we didn't go to see Avatar. But by the end of their set, we were there to see Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember showing up with Megan... And I've talked about this concert experience before. It's where we saw the All Deftones the out, and Chevelle. Outdoor venue place. Yeah, and they had multiple stages. And it was like like they weren't even impressed with anything that was being played. It was like, y'all should have been here for Avatar. Oh, yes. They were killer, dude. They weren't even on the main stage. And the way they end their shows is the he dresses like a, like a director of like a circus type thing you know right and he's got this stick he waves it around and he uh all the guitarists like and the whole band basically moves in sync with each other and he like acts like he's directing them like they're just machines and he's making them do it and at the end of the show as they're closing out they're doing like this this little solo on drums and stuff and he's like we're avatar and we're from sweden and we just stole the show dude it's so it's cool man <laughs> i was cool. like that is insane but those those are my uh two i hope it wasn't too long I have a question because I don't remember exactly. Do you have my flawed drum head? Uh, yes. I give that to that you. That thing's been okay. passed around. Yeah. Um, I think Andy... Gave it to me. Gave it to you. You gave it to me. And then uh, Al ended up with it because um, that's where uh, we jam mostly. Jam, that's yeah. where our band rooms in, end up. So it's on the wall in there. But yeah, um, I've got, dude, somewhere, I've got that band's autograph probably four times. Like, I've got one for Katie before. Very you know, cool. I don't know what happened to it. But every time I was around them, I'd get their autographs. And I've seen them probably five or six times. Nice. So we're a big fan going into this, just so you <laughs> yes. know. Yes, <laughs> yes. Question number two, what's one of your favorite moments in a song? Okay, I don't know if this is anyone else's, but uh, mine is intro. If 
if a song's got a really good intro, it'll catch me. Because that's and, what, what um, initially grabs you. Right. Like, I mean, like, I just love, like, intros, man. Like, I catch myself saying that all the time. Like, like when I go, you know, I go to show someone something or, you know, mostly Al, I'm always showing him music. He's showing me music. Like, we're focused on intros. Like, dude, listen to this intro. Listen to this intro. And Whoa. it's that's what really hooks me on a I song. can appreciate that. I know that feeling. That's what people are hearing first, too. Yeah. So when you're showing them music, obviously that makes sense. And a lot of people don't usually, you know, if the intro doesn't hook them or within the first, what do we say, like a minute and a half, usually people will move on and not want to sit through the whole song. You get a really good feel for what the groove throughout the song is going to be most of the time, too, right there at the intro. So yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, what's the first album you remember owning? Okay, so this one is a uh, is a toss up. So my grandma gave me a bunch of CDs at one point. I listed three of those that she gave me, and then two that I picked. I begged my mom to buy them. Right. Which was uh, they're very weird. Um, so the first three that my grandma gave me that I actually listened to these, bro, like it was insane. Barry White. Okay. Solid choice. <laughs> I don't remember the album name. I just remember it was Barry White. And uh, All for One. You know All for One. <laughs> that was one of my first. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Montel Jordan. Okay. Um, I believe that's the... Uh, this is how we do it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Dude, I was obsessed with he that song did for it. a long time. He did it. <laughs> so then we were at the store. My mom was getting groceries or something at Walmart. And I was young, bro. And I see this album, these two album covers. Okay, one, the way I remember it in my mind anyway, is like a group of guys standing around this cross that's on fire. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So it was AZ Yet. Okay. They're like an R&B group. Yeah, they, they covered a Chicago song and they've got a hit that was uh, Last Night, I think is what it's called. Yeah. That sounds I, familiar. I, I know that group. I like begged for this album. She was like against it just because the cover. And then um, my other one was uh, Rob Zombie. I think it's Hellbilly Deluxe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, I don't know. I think it was like the weird demonic covers of the albums that made it seem interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I got to get these albums. And Dragula was my thing for a long time until I felt like I was being haunted as a child. <laughs> and uh, then it started to freak me out. And my mom basically was like, I told you this would happen. And you took have the, Satan in your soul the, now. <laughs> took the uh, album away from me. Uh, so, yeah. By then, the my, damage was done. I can't remember the exact first one, but that's I remember those albums. That's cool. Nice. How has your taste in music evolved over time? So the only way I could answer this is just simply, I listen to more now. Like, I used to be more, um, if it wasn't more metal, I wasn't hearing it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, or like when I went through the whole punk phase, if it wasn't punk, I wasn't listening to it. So I think now is my, uh, I listen to, you know, everything from classic to rock to country to pretty much a lot more now. Yeah. You've broadened your musical horizons exactly. a little bit more. What do you think was a good song that that moved you away from like some of that? Like what what had you listening to country because that seems pretty far out of field for what you started listening to when we were young. It was Jason Aldean. Yeah? Yep. Hicktown, um she's country. He was the first one I had heard um that had uh I don't know, I call it rock guitars. Yeah. He's the first one that really introduced, you know, that heavy like that heavier sound with country yeah and then it led me over to brantley gilbert then it just went over to kenny chesney and it just kept spreading 
and now I'm I'm listening to a lot more of it. So it's like good. a virus. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how music gets you. Yes, it was what? Chris Stapleton for me. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows I, that. I don't think you've branched too much from I'm, Chris Stapleton. I'm that's just a little corner. Give me a little time. <laughs> What's an album you love, Joseph? Which uh, most people have probably never heard. O.M. Factor. It's a band called Living Syndication. See, I knew he was going to be... I've never heard of that. Don't so, even look so at me. It's it's a band. I forget where they're from. Um, and I don't believe they're together anymore, but uh, I didn't look into it when I listed it. I just know a bunch of people were listing this album, these songs. They have a few songs, um, one called Choke. Me and Al were listening to it for a long time, but uh, they were being listed as a perfect circle because really? they really have that sort of sound. To me, the singer... A lot of the times he reminds me of Maynard. We showed a few other people and they were like, oh, that's not a perfect circle. Me and Al just thought they were doing something a little different. Okay. And uh, we thought it was a perfect circle for a while before we ended up finding out it was really just a band called Living Syndication, but we still really liked it. So I think the last time I was around, I was drinking. (laughs) Big surprise. But I didn't make a note of something you showed me. It It was a metal band, I think, but the lead singer was... Uh, foreign, maybe Eastern. You know what I'm talking about? I think they do the chants. Is it the Mongolian throat singing? Yes, thank you. <laughs> the, what is that? They're called the Who, but they're, it's spelled obviously differently. It's H-U? Yes, okay. I think it is. Yes, but they're called the Who. And they did a song with Jacoby from Papa Roach. Okay. It's really good. Called Wolf Totem or something. But yeah, dude, awesome Mongolian throat singing. <laughs> I, I had to clarify that before we moved on here. It's, um, it's funny because Al walks around now, like at work sometimes, like, ooh, oh. <laughs> and he's like, he's actually pretty good at Mongolian throat singing. So uh, we might try that out when we start recording. Again. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Dude's much more talented than he gets credit for. <laughs> we, uh, we messed with Al a lot back in the day. Um, I remember when we would record music, he'd only get one take and we'd usually make sure it was not like a good take. Like people be trying to make him laugh in the background or something stupid. Yeah. We fucked with Al, and I know Al is uh, quite capable with a guitar in his hands mm-hmm. or singing in front of a microphone. Um, so I, I'm apologizing to <laughs> Al for C-3PO days specifically. <laughs> yeah, dude, his uh, his rap in that uh, CMB thing, uh, the little rap yeah. thing we had, dude, it surprised me. It still gets quoted all the time. Put a Twizzler in your ass <laughs> and twizzle it, twizzle it, <laughs> twizzle it fast. I've... I think back when y'all were doing the CMB stuff, I think I quoted Joseph's stuff the most. Specifically, Headrest was my favorite. Yeah, that that song came together really quickly. It hurts. It really hurts. <laughs> I just, I love that song still to this day. My favorite from all of it, my favorite writing experience from memory was I think we had been recording or we had been playing around with ideas all day and it was the four of us riding in a car somewhere, but... We get almost where we're going and cock in your face was being sung. Like we had no riff or anything yet, or maybe the riff did exist, but we didn't have, I don't remember. It just came together in a car at night that was packed full of us and the guitars and stuff. And it was a good moment. Yeah, a lot of that stuff came together like that. Um, Like the headrest was just me and Al. We had this riff that we were kind of working on in the garage. And then uh, I was like, dude, what if we just freestyle this and spurt out some really weird funny lyrics and he was like yeah let's let's try that so we literally just sat down hit record 
And obviously I started it out and then I handed the microphone to him, you know, around the second verse and he said what he said and he handed it back and we just passed the microphone back. Those lyrics were never written down. It was never something we actually sat down and wrote. That was it one was of just my favorite parts about the whole song was it sounded like two dudes just fucking around, talking about this, throwing it to some music. Just a, just a conversation that people probably have all the fucking time. So that's one of the things that I really loved about it. But yeah. for clarification, I don't know if you already said in past episodes, what is Crude, Mama, crude Mama's voice, Shane? I don't remember where that comes from. We had it for years. I want to say early teens, people were coming up with names for groups that they would put together if they ever did. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I was big into ICP at that point. Mm -hmm. And then there were plenty of other groups that came along after like Bloodhound Gang, Psycho Stick. You know, they all just kind of played a part. But Crude Mama's Boys was a group, a short-lived group at one period of time. Yeah. Made up of? Uh, me, Joseph, Al, and Sean. Just giving the listeners clarification that don't know. All related somewhat now. And um, I think what happened is Meg and I split for a minute, and I missed Sean being around, so I bugged him about coming over and writing music. Mm -hmm. And the first time we got together to write a little bit of music, we also knew that Joseph and Al were doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And they had done the headrest already. Right. That was that was in addition to everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, that just made us think we should go ahead and which I had I had written riffs and shit with Joseph for years. And again, someday maybe we go back and write some serious lyrics to some of that. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I think it's because the music was great in places. The recordings were not, but yeah, yeah. Well, we did like, dude. Everything was one take off that whole thing and we were recording like albums in a day like i mean it was just straight recording and just albums every day tracking live most of the time joseph was making up drums yes as we five seconds before we started mm -hmm. yes i know i remember uh death to grandma was a live freestyle yep that was all music everything was freestyle and we were all intoxicated yes nice. that turned out to be one of my favorite songs yeah <laughs> There's there's a lot of, of good stuff there. Um, anyway, we're off in left field here, and I apologize. I, I do not. I wanted to say sorry to Al for uh, never putting his best foot forward. It was a comedy project, but I f in hindsight, I think we kind of did him wrong sometimes, especially when it came to riffs. He I would, never did. Yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> but um, I would get impatient. Like He'd want to learn the guitar, and he'd want to perfect it. And he'd get real frustrated because we were trying to record everything in a hurry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd jump on there shit. and the, the guitar would end up sounding like shit because it's live tracked and I am I play guitar backwards, upside down. I'm left-handed, yep. but I play on right-handed guitars. It just, it never sounded as good as it would have if Al had done it. And I know that because we have tracks where Al records guitar and yeah, it sounds superior to <laughs> say the least. Anyway, moving on to our first artist, which was Flaw. That's Joseph's pick for the week. The first album we recorded... We recorded this album. No, we did not record this album. We most definitely did not. The first album that we covered was Through the Eyes from 2001. This was my runner-up. This was my top album. This is definitely my top. I gave it 10 fives. I gave it three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I knew it! It's all I, good. I gave it 12. Okay. So pretty close to perfect there for you. Yes, it, yeah. it really is. It's like, it's all there. My top track was What I Have to Do. My top track was Best I Am. It's very hard, but... Um, is it now? 
I, I would have to go with a thank hole. That's a good one. That's a that was written about his mom, right? Yes, it was adoptive mother that yes committed suicide when he was young. Yep, real emotional track. My bottom track was Amendment. Mine was Reliance. Uh, my bottom track is what I have to do. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. I have some fond memories of that song uh, back when we stayed at West Wind because you were around all the time. So I was listening to Flaw all yeah. the time and I would go for walks to the park and I'd listen to that song because life was pretty brutal in younger days. Anyway, next album we covered was Endangered Species from 2004. This was my top album. This fell in the middle for me. This one was, uh, I guess you could call it the middle. It wasn't my runner up, but it's not my bottom. It's okay. my second pick, basically. 12 fives. That's a perfect rating. Yeah. I don't have my phone. I gave it two. Okay. Uh, I gave it six. My top track is Worlds Divide. My top track was Wait For Me. Um, my top track would be Not Enough. It was really hard not to choose that as a top track as well. Very emotional song. Yes. Bottom track was Decide. My bottom track was You've Changed. Uh, my bottom track would be Many Faces. Okay. I was waiting on you to say Worlds Divide just to, <laughs> just to go at me again. Uh, my note here was that this is still one of the best alt-metal albums I've ever heard. So I knew going in, because I'd rated this previously, every time I've sat down to listen to it, I don't remember liking everything the first time I heard it, mm -hmm. but... Something about this album just gets me every time. And for the record, can I just say, I'm here to learn. This was, aside from knowing the very little about Flaw that I knew because of Joseph and like the Through the Eyes album cover, I recognized because I think somebody had it on CD when I was younger. But I'm taking a big step back this week and I want to hear what all you guys have to say about Flaw because I want to know more. So if it comes across as, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'm just here to learn. All good. I'm going to be at the same spot with Heart. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle. So anyway, uh, Divided We Fall was our next album from 2016. Uh, this was next to last for me. This was my bottom album. This was next to last for me. I don't like saying next to last in this case because I still felt pretty good about it. I do like this album quite a lot. Uh, I gave it seven fives. I gave it zero fives, but I gave fours and threes pretty regularly throughout. All right. I gave it five fives. The way I was looking at fives is something I would sit down and listen to like quite a bit or, you know, like over again. Right. Like, Re-listen to it. If it's something that I could do that with, then I gave it a five. Gotcha. That's that's how I went about it. See, and that's usually that's, really good. that's usually a four for me. A five, it usually has to be like exceptional, like blows my mind, was not expecting it, thoroughly enjoying it, sort of thing. So I'm usually a harder nut to crack when it comes to fives. But I, right. that's why I have my fours and my fives yeah, playlist. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is I just spill nut all over the place. <laughs> all over your shirt. <laughs> My top track was Fatal Fall. My top track was Heal. That would be my top track as well. Heal? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm very curious to see what your opinions are, so I'm, I'm liking this. Uh, my bottom track was actually My Letter, which was a... Wasn't that uh, a popular one? It was an acoustic version of something from a previous album. My bottom track or was Fed Up. Piano version. 
my bottom track would be Do You Remember? And it was a really good song, but I was a big fan of Flaw. So mm-hmm. I heard the early tracking to that song, and they actually changed it for the album. Oh, okay. Mm. So you like the original better? S- yes, the original was much better. Um, they they changed it for the album. So it kind of it kind of killed what it was for me. I feel you. It would have been a top track had they not changed it. Maybe that's why I feel better about it. Um, I never heard the original tracking, but I have the same sort of experiences with groups like Domin. I'm so here. Just... The next album we covered was Volume 4, Because of the Brave, from 2019. This was my bottom pick. This was second to last for me. This would be my bottom. I gave it three fives. I gave it zero fives. Two fives. Top track was Sign of the Times. My top track was Conquer This Climb. My top track would be the same as yours, which is Sign of Times. Yeah. Bottom track was Wake Up. Lest We Forget. Uh, That would be my bottom as well. Okay. That was pretty weird for me. That's something way different that they did. It got pretty, like, political. Yes, it was all... That's what I didn't like. Well, that's why the album fell to the bottom for me. Because that album was pretty political, mm-hmm. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not not just, uh, and that's what I wrote here, is that it had a great sound, the album did, but it was lyrically unappealing to me in places, and it sounds like the both of you agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, just so people know what they're getting into, if you hear Because of the Brave, you'd think that would give you an idea. There's going to be some, some very pro-soldier stuff here. Yep. But it does go quite a bit further than that, and uh, that's not... Not really a problem. No. It just, I liked the other stuff better. The In Lest We Forget, they talk a lot about race in that song. Yes, and that's what uh, the song Bleed Red. Yep. That's obviously what that song's yeah. about, mm-hmm. is um, coming together as people and not mm-hmm. not being, you know, against someone's race, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I fully support that. It's just I when I was listening to Flaw in the beginning, they were he was writing personal, like real mm-hmm. personal things mm-hmm. about his life, about himself. You could tell all the feeling that was in it. Mm-hmm. And this album to me just felt like it was kind of not forced, but on that path of a little forced. Like they went political and to be relevant. Yes, they mm-hmm. went like they that. just went too far off track, man. I think. Yeah, it it almost felt like propaganda mm-hmm. in places yes. for the military. Not just pro-soldier stuff that most of us could almost always get behind. Well, it's the same thing with like Green Day's American Idiot. That was extremely politically driven. And either people loved it or they hated it for that reason. But a lot of people are listening to music to escape from the day-to-day realities that they're forced to have to deal with. So when they have to listen to it in music, it can be off-putting to some people. Yeah, just slightly out of step with what they would normally do. Because it's going to be harder to relate unless you were... In the service, you know? Yeah, right. You can personally identify with what they're talking about. So something a little different here for our fifth album. This is actually a different group. This is Five Bolt Main. The album's called Venting from 2005. A Joseph question here. Obviously, Chris Voles is at the lead. Were there any other members of Flaw in this group? Um, No. To my knowledge, uh, I think one of the members went to Flaw at one point. That was one of the big things about this band, and that's why I I felt like this could work. Because um, if you really looked, I don't know if y'all went and researched the band at all, but if you look at past members... there's a shit ton. It's a long list. It's there like is a the, shit ton. When that concert I told you about when we talked to the guitarist, I'm sure they'll never hear this, so it doesn't matter. But uh, even if they do, whatever. Uh, so Chris 
apparently he obviously has a lot of issues and um it's hard for him to work with people um allegedly (laughs) (laughs) he likes to uh apparently from what i was told you know from a band member um they had to kick him off the tour bus for beating up his girlfriend one time he's just I mean, people change. I don't know him now. I don't know how he is now. But from what I understand, he was going through members like crazy because he just couldn't calm down. He might have also been trying to find a good, I guess, fit for him. And from what I hear, he's pretty passionate. uh, He is as far as um, everything. Everything goes. Like I said, I just think obviously he had a lot of issues, um, probably drinking you know, probably more than that. I don't know. A little bit of star syndrome going on there too. Yes. I mean, that's why the, the band struggled so much. Like, I can't remember. I think it was the Divided We Fall album. Or maybe it was United We Stand. Okay, United We Stand was an EP. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that on there. It yep. was like before the Divided We Fall, obviously. It was supposed to be. It was the EP for that album. And um, they released that with fan money. Like, fans were sending them money to record that album. The uh, other interesting thing about this band, real quick, is if you go back in time, they actually had albums before Through the Eyes. And the way they did it, they had American Arrogance. They ordered like $20,000, $30,000 of music equipment from Musician's Friend and recorded the album in 30 days and used the 30-day return (laughs) policy and returned it all. Uh, Nice. So they made that album, you know, I mean, they struggled a lot, man. And they... They continue to struggle. Uh, there was one of these uh, albums. I'm just trying to throw this out there real quick. You're you good. know, one hey, of these I albums. I don't have facts. You, you go. You know more. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, what she's you not know. facts girl today. I'm not facts girl. This is a nice break for me. I think it's because of the brave. The one uh, they actually got in trouble for ripping off guitar riffs. Um, I think there was they in the beginning. It was two songs. Um, a YouTuber mm-hmm. came forward and said, "Hey, Sign of the Times, one of your top tracks, is my riff." And um, there was a, it turns out there was two more, not just the original two, but there were two more. And if you go, uh, we went and looked at them, looked them up, like whenever this was first all coming out, we went and looked them up and dude, they sound pretty identical. Like even the drums. Yeah. Chris claimed he purchased two of the songs from one of the YouTubers. Uh, There was some big deal going on there. I don't know exactly how that unfolded, but he fired the guitarist. And that's all I really know about that. Yeah, and it was it was after the fact. Uh, the dude did admit to actually stealing the work and having paid for one of the tracks. And then Voles went back trying to make it right and give the guy what he was owed because he just writes lyrics on top of whatever the band produces. Exactly. And the rest of the band didn't know what was going on. Yes. Um, My original thing for bringing that up, or the first part of that up, was because I feel like Venting would have been a flaw album had it not been for the the members changing so much. Yeah. This was like a new band, and I feel like he was trying. He tried with Flaw for so long with all these different members, you know. I think the original members were only on the first two albums. I mm-hmm. believe they left after that. Then it just revolved, man. It was like an open door, 20, yeah. 30 members. So I feel like he thought maybe start fresh with a new name and release this album. Obviously, he went back to Flaw. And I think the drummer, Ivan, I believe, went with him. But that only lasted for a short time. They never recorded anything. And this was quite a bit like a Flaw album. Yes. So not knocking it. This was my middle pick. This was my runner up. This was also my runner up. I gave this seven fives. I gave it one five. I gave it eight. My top track was Breathing. My top track was Life of Mine. Um, my top track was The Gift. Bottom track was Broken Compass. My bottom track was Pathetic. 
it would be hard for me to choose a bottom on this album. Honestly, it's very hard. But is it? If I have to go with a bottom, <laughs> I will just go ahead and throw Broken Compass out there. As much as I love that song and that chorus, dude, that chorus is amazing. Yep. But it was a bit different and a bit weird. So I, I can't just, remember what it is off the top of my head, but I do there. really remember there's something there that's that's weird. But yeah, it's it's the the verses. There's a lot of there's a I don't know what you call it. Not really jazz. There's a lot of walking bass, like mm-hmm. that. Doo, 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 you know yeah. that that like weird. A lot of walking bass on there obviously they were they had a good bass player yeah i mean moving on to the questionnaire i'm at the same place with you guys broken compass was my weirdest track well i was gonna say about venting that uh the instrumental spacing was better on the venting album than it was on the flaw albums sometimes they've got a and better is relative uh if you like a little more space like where the the, you can hear the instruments a little more clearly individually things have a little more room to breathe you're gonna like venting probably more than most of the flaw albums anyway uh weirdest track for me was persistence there were odd effects in the chorus otherwise it was a great song weirdest for me was lest we forget so there that is again yeah (laughs) I'm finding that our opinions are pretty similar. Yeah. Like, I don't know a lot of what I'm talking about, but apparently it's not all bad because the pro over here, I'm getting pretty close to what he's saying. No, and a lot of the opinions that are given here, they don't represent a spectrum. They represent the extremes. What was what came out on top, what went to the bottom. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk about how much good was in between and... Mm-hmm. You know, that can make it seem like we have all of these bands on the same level. And I don't I don't think that's true anyway. Um, so are you agreeing with me? Disagree with me? About what? I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> Best title. Best title for me was my letter. Payback. Conquer this climb. You are stuck on that song. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just liked it. From from the bottom album? I can ha- I can like things on the bottom album. Shane. Was that the bottom album or was that a? I don't remember her. Was that divided album. we fall? I think it's that because was my of the top brief. track on my second to last. I knew it was album. your top track. Okay. That's why I said you're stuck on that song. Yeah. I just didn't know if it was your bottom album. No, second to last. Worst title. Pathetic. What would you have used instead? Brain seepage. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want you to define why. I'm not. Um, Worst title for me was Bleed Red. I would have simply called the song Red. I mean, I know there's a lot of reds out there, you know, the red, seeing red, and this and that. But it just, Bleed Red, just sounds weird. It sounds, I don't know, man. I I know what you're saying. It's too much, I think. Mine was Prayer for the Lost. I would have called it Well-Meaning Indoctrination. You own a dictionary, do you know? I just have a pretty solid vocabulary. I don't know what you want from me. I thought that was a that was a pretty cool title for me. For me. Yeah. I'm just saying for me. Yeah, I'm not it's knocking not, your opinion. I'm it's kidding. not again, that's why I said well meaning. I don't think it's a reflection of, you know. Yeah. Even though you didn't ask for it, the reason why I named it brain seepage is literally they say seep into your brain in the song. Well, I would like to throw that out there. I do think it's cool whenever, I mean, they do say pathetic in the song, but I like titles that like, you know, I guess a lot of people think, or a lot of people, and a lot of bands do it, they think that the title has to match 
what they say in the song. I find that boring. And a lot. I think that's what I liked about uh what was it? Uh is it Smashing Pumpkins? They do that a lot, right? They have like these weird titles, but they never say it in the song. It, am I drive the wrong band? No, I think or you're right. Are we kind I'm, of I'm not thinking too clearly. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know I, I don't think know. you're right. I'm just I'm a lot more bands we talked about that with um Lana Del Rey. She has a lot of creative titles that she doesn't necessarily say in the song. Yeah, I just think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like where it shows up, just not the main focus of the chorus. Right. I don't know. I like it to be there because I like to win at the music guessing game, so it yeah. <laughs> makes it harder for me if I can't name the song. Uh, what did you think Flaw's strongest element was? Their vocals. Lyrics. Vocal style is what I said. Uh, weakest element? Some songs too similar, and I think that might be the guitar in it. Some of their songs were just a little bit too compared to me. Uh, the only thing I would have for their weakest element is um, they can't seem to keep a band together. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty weak. <laughs> My focus for this question was all about Because of the Brave. Uh, the U.S. military lyricism on that album... Again, I liked a lot of it. Some of it did just not land for me. And I'm sure that it does really well with members of the military. Mm -hmm. It's just really hard for me to relate to it. So that was my weakest element. Uh, what does Flaw sound like to everybody? Okay, don't kill me. I always pick bands that I think they would compare to. And when listening to Flaw, I would compare them to Shine Down, Disturbed, and Godsmack. Well, me personally... I didn't put anything because um, the guest that you've had on more than once, which is your father, <laughs> yes. um, he cracks me up. And <laughs> listening to him do these things, like I feel like we agree a lot on music. Yeah. Um, and I have that same kind of, uh, and I'm not going to speak for him, obviously. but um, You can, I don't care. I noticed that he said, you know, in one of the podcast that this band sounds like this band and this band sounds like that band that's kind of where i fall like i mean i get there are certain aspects of certain bands that do remind you of something maybe a certain song or something yep but i went with nothing because to me it sounds like flaw like i can point flaw out anywhere if it's a flaw song i got it yep see so. and one of the main reasons why i usually choose a band or bands for the listener to be like because if people are into shine down or disturbed godsmack and they think that they might enjoy Flaw, I'm trying to draw people from that crowd to this crowd to give them something. Yeah, and I think mostly we know that. I mean, uh, as an example, when you introduced me to King 810, your selling point before we even started was, this is going to remind you of Corn a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you what know? I mean by certain aspects. Some yeah, do. yeah. We'll, we'll do that. Um, but for me personally, what I'm saying is like, this group, if you throw me Flaw... And I don't want to say they have to sound the exact same for me to say that. Like, King 810 sounds a lot like, like, if you just put an instrumental together. Yeah. And it was just corn instrumental and King 810 instrumental. I think you could sell that off as a corn album. Right. If, however, I feel like if you tried to do that with Flaw and Disturbed, I'd be like, no, this is Flaw and this is Disturbed. Yep. Agreed. I'm not knocking what you no, no, said. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think it was a knock at all. For me, I'm saying me personally, this being like one of my favorite top bands, I think I could point their sound out apart. Um, if I, if, if it was just, I had to choose, I would have thrown out, uh, possibly corn, mm -hmm. 
because of their guitars at times mm-hmm. they have the they play the seven strings they're heavy you know yeah and but it again like it doesn't sound a lot like corn you know what i'm saying so it's it's yeah it's all in opinion. i get that uh to bounce off of what joseph's already saying here i struggled uh, the only things i could come up with are that the bass the sound of the bass sometimes sounded similar to tools bass just the bass and the sound of it <laughs> uh, i get that some of the later mixing, there was a track or two that made me think this kind of sounds like Seven Dust. Something about the later albums, but that's all I could come up with. Mm, yeah, I can get that too. When would everyone listen to Flaw and how does the music make you feel? Playing video games. It takes me back to being younger and playing Tony Hawk's Underground. And I would listen to a lot of music that I would compare to Flaw at this time. So I would probably listen to it playing like skateboarding video games. Is that why you had so few fives? Because you were playing Minecraft while you listened to Flaw? I was not playing Minecraft. Did you see my play? We've been seeing you on Minecraft. We had yes. Gage come stay the night one week. I, uh, one night, I promise. <laughs> it was not me. Um, I think, again, real quick. Uh, <laughs> so what I put is anytime you're going through a rough time. So like, like for her, that's what I was getting at, is like from what I've heard her say, she's not big on lyrics, right? Like you like... You no. like vocals, you like, you know, guitar, you listen to all that stuff, but you don't really No. That's all dissect lyrics. That's a right? second for me. If I can enjoy the way a song sounds and the melody of a song or the vocals of a song, I will go and pay attention pay attention to the lyrics after. I'm never one to pay attention to the lyrics first. Okay. See for me, obviously I listen to the strong ele- strongest element, uh lyrics. Um so flaw I've been listening to since I was like fourteen. Um I've listened to them through some of my hardest times. Same. Payback <laughs> was how I felt about pretty much everyone around me at one time, you know, and I was a pretty hated kid. Um, and I, I, I get it. I won't go too deep into that. I get it. Um, and that's just kind of how I felt is that, you know, my mom lived in California and I was coming to Texas and I didn't really have anybody here. And when I got kicked out of where I was staying... You know, and I was 15, I was basically homeless for a while, and you were with someone who didn't want us staying there, so when you tried to help us out, we just ended up sleeping in your in your place. I felt like everyone around me was just watching me drown, and it's like, that was my, that was like my go-to, is like, it sounds crazy, but it's like, I felt like I don't want to, like, you're all watching me drown, and I'm not going by myself, like, all you guys are supposed to be our friends, you know? So it was like, um, and like I said, I get why we went through that whole period, um, which I don't want to talk about, but, um, so anyway, so Flaw was like a real, like, it takes you back yes, there. Like, uh, in whenever, you know, Devin was born, Best I Am. Yeah. That was like, that was my song that reminded me, you know, of him. That's what I used to listen to, you know, when I knew that he was coming. Like, obviously, I wanted to do the best I could for him at the age I was, you know. And so it was um, Flaw also just a grew big thing. with you. Yeah. Like, you grew with Flaw. And so all these different highs and lows that you had growing up throughout your life, you, like you said, you're associating them with the good and bad moments. So some uh, interesting aside here, and I want to go back to lyrics in a minute, but I want to talk about one bourbon, one scotch, one beer, that part where he goes to the friend and he, they yeah. won't let him stay there. Yeah. And the friend says, yeah, you know, she's funny. And he's like, yeah, now you funny too. <laughs> you funny too. Uh, every time. 
I think about that point in our lives. And it wasn't a few weeks later when I had the apartment mm-hmm. and I mean, you guys stayed there all you needed to, I felt like. Yes. Like, I don't think we ever turned you away. So uh, no, no. Once you got your own, that's why I pointed a certain someone. I, I get it, dude. You know, yeah. it was, it was, and I, like I said, I totally understand it. I'm not like, oh, somebody should have took me in. Somebody should have took that no. responsibility because it's on me. It's just, I was a child, well, I, looking back now, I was a child. Then, in my mind, I was an adult, yeah. you know, because yeah. I think that's how a lot of 15-year-olds feel. Um, but I understand where everything fell apart and everything was crazy. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, I just threw that out there. I'm not saying oh, no, that no, that's no, how dude, I, I feel about people or anything I know, like that. I get it. I get it completely. I just was saying that that's the stuff, like, you know, whole, like, all those songs, man. Like, there was so much feeling for me. Like, even nowadays, like, you know, if I'm going through a rough time, like, only the strong survive. Like, things like that. Um, my letter uh, speaks for, like, my my past, you know. the The person I was, like, I hope that, you know, I didn't hurt anyone too much or do certain things, you know, and like, I hope that they're doing fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like he wrote that for, my letter was actually to, he said his past relationships, like yeah. exes, stuff like that. Like he wishes them well. And maybe if he had gave it, you know, more of a chance or had been better as a person at the time, you know, but in the song when he's saying like, you know, he's not ready to face, face his past yet, basically. Mm-hmm. He's saying those problems stem from his past. Yeah. And he's not ready to travel that road yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just I kind of how it was. What we're getting at is it's real and it helps in those hard times to know that somebody else has gone through it. They've come through it and it, it helps you move forward. That's definitely how I felt listening to it at the time. Yes. Um, with regard to lyrics before we move on, this has come up a few times. I, I hope people don't think that I'm someone who listens to the lyrics real hardcore and mm-hmm. just dismisses. If I'm like you somewhat, if I can get through a song without thinking about the lyrics, if something doesn't stand out to me as like, what? Then I'm good with it. Yeah. It could be, you know, paper thin, just as long as it's not like, oh, God, that was way too corny. Even then, sometimes, I mean, I listen to William Hung for fun, you know? I'm going to say one thing. I drive your truck. Still getting shit about that. I I still don't know how to approach that because (laughs) there are some some lyrics that are questionable Uh, there. But at the same time, that's a great song. I'm sorry. (laughs) You just can keep. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. When I first heard that, I was like, what? No way. And was blown away because I knew the story of the song um, whenever it first came out. Katie liked it, you know, and she was showing me and I listened to it and I immediately, I'm a, I'm a dissector, man. I will dissect a song or anything, a band to the bottom. Like I will figure it out. So I'm a researcher. So I jump online, see if I can figure out what the song's about, everything, you know, and, um, Obviously, you know, it's about uh, this person's, these, this couple's son who was in the military, mm-hmm. and he ended up getting killed. Mm-hmm. They yeah. kept his truck. Um, they were asked how they get through the hard times, and his dad said, I drive his truck. And so they were actually there, as far as my knowledge, they were actually there when the song was being written. They helped, like, you know, tell their story, all that. So I think that's where that comes from, is... Like I said, if you don't really get into the lyrics mm-hmm. or know exactly, you know, what it's about, it doesn't always touch that for you right. or do that for you. 
So I think since we knew, everybody was like, what is she talking about? That's like the greatest song. <laughs> See, and like, I, I even went back and listened to it, and I freely admitted, I'm like, yeah, this is a freaking sad song. And I think the more that I listen to it, the more I'm going to appreciate it for what it is. Right. I was just going to, I love that you keep bringing it up. It's like Libra you're purposely eyes. kicking yourself in the face. <laughs> I know. Um, when I get too high and mighty, I just mentioned that. My answer for when I would listen or how it makes me feel was uh, when I want to hear something powerful and it makes me feel like I'm relieving stress. Okay. I kept it somewhat basic there. Just Yeah. I mean, it's still like, you know, it's still feeling. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, like I said, that's what is their strongest to me, man. They have a song. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like a lot of their albums, man, I could go through and dissect and tell my life with some of the things he says. Just let me put them in like, different order. And yeah, right. yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. He's, you know you know what? Thinking about my answer about the playing video games, maybe a better answer for Flaw would be when I feel like I need to escape. Because when I was younger and I used to play those types of video games, I wouldn't think about shit. I'd turn on music and turn on a game and just be. So maybe that's a better answer rather than just, oh, playing video games. Maybe I just want to get out of my own head for a little bit. I mean, no, it's, it's not a bad answer. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what was everyone's first or best experience with this artist? I just said this week, first and technically best, because I haven't had prior experience other than seeing the album cover growing up and knowing that you were always into Flaw. All right. Yes, uh... I already told this story, so I'm just going to simply say Trees, Dallas. All right. Nice. I didn't know that was your, that's, that'd be your best? Yes, that's okay. my best. I was like, certainly not the first. No, not first. Weren't we there? Didn't we like pass you that night in downtown Dallas? I wanted to say y'all were going to Trees. We were going somewhere else. It must have been House of Blues because they're right there, right? It, yes, it could have been that, but there was a time, man, we were deep elming. Yeah, y'all were there a lot. A lot. Seeing different bands, like we saw Black Label there, you know, uh, which was with Seven Dust and Dope and all those bands. Um, there was a period of time, man, where we were just concert, 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 concert. We would drive by a concert, dude, and hear it and be like, <laughs> we're going. Dude, that's how we went to, uh, we saw Slipknot and Disturbed and, uh, man, what was it called? It wasn't like Edge Fest or something. It was Mayhem Tour. It was Mayhem. We heard it from the highway. And I was like, let's go. Concert speaking hoppers. Of, then, yes. Speaking of doing random stops and driving around, did you or did you not go with Al to a White Castle? Yes, we did. Where was it? Uh, Farmington, Missouri. How far away would you say that is from where we are? Um, It took us, I want to say, like seven and a half, eight hours. You Harold maybe 10. and Kumard to White Castle all the way in Missouri? Yes, and we... When you were done, did you find out there was one closer to you? Yes, on the way back, there was one three hours closer. <laughs> but that is not like, okay, so we called up the 1-800-YOU-CRAVE, which is a real number. Well, it was at that time, anyway. We went and seen Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Um, it was late. It was like one of the last showings. We get out. It's about 1130 midnight. We didn't know that Mother's Day was the next day. That's so right. we got That's the idea, right. man. We was like, look, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go Harold and Kumar this real quick. It'll be hilarious. I was like, call, bro. See if there's one nearby. So I called. I was like, man, there's one in Farmington. The lady will actually tell you how long, like, she'll 
ask you where you're at. She'll tell you how long it's going to take you to get there, which she didn't know about that either because she gave me the wrong time. It's supposed to be like five hours. Anyway, so we start making this trip, dude, and it was great. I went and told my mom because we were both living with my mom at the time. Knocked on our door. She opens the door all sleepy. She's like, what? I was like, hey, we're going to Missouri. She's like, what? I was like, we're going to Missouri. We're going to get White Castle. She was like, okay, Joseph. And just shut the door. Bam, we're out the door, man. We get in the truck. We're driving. We're taking turns driving there. My mom calls the next day at about 11.30, noonish, And she's like, where are you at? And I was like, uh, we're in Missouri. I told you we were going to Missouri. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I told you we were getting White Castle. She's like, it's Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, tell her we'll bring her White Castle. And I was like, hey, we're bringing you back White Castle. Dude, and the people there thought we were insane because we were taking pictures of each other. And we had like this big tray of burgers, dude. I think he ordered like 35 burgers. And we had all these fries, all, dude, a bunch of fries. They were like, uh, and we were taking pictures and some lady was staring at us. And I was like, we're from Texas. And she's like, oh, what are y'all doing around here? And I was like, we came for White Castle. And she goes, it's good, but um, <laughs> it's not that great. Oh, and shit. the wind was biting in Missouri, man. Like, we got out, and I was like, oh, I messed up. I should have brought a hoodie or a jacket. But, dude, we made these rules. We weren't eating the whole way there. Like, we couldn't have any food. Nothing. Like, we couldn't do anything. Brutal. So... We we did so it up, man. Once in a lifetime thing. I though. think I didn't pay for anything the whole way. I think Al said that was a nine hundred dollar trip, if I'm right, with gas and food and everything. That sounds about right, if I'm remembering correctly. But dude, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> what I needed to know is, was it that good? It was very delicious. Um, but we got upset when we realized there was one much closer. <laughs> And, um, you know, it turns out they sell White Castle burgers, like, in the frozen food section. Yeah. But I haven't had them, but I'm it's, just telling myself they're not the same. I don't I, think I it's, don't think it would be the same. I've had them, and I don't think it's the same. I've, I've never been to a White Castle, but I can't imagine it coming off of a fast food line and tasting like that. Yeah. Dude, I that was, that was so. a great trip, though. Like, it was awesome. My uh, my first experience with Flaw was my answer, and that was just Joseph showing the song Wait For Me mm-hmm. to me, because uh, he, I think, knew that would be a good entry point for me at the time, and it definitely was, caught my attention. Um, who would you want Flaw to collaborate with? What song would you want Flaw to cover? I said I would like them to collaborate with Drowning Pool, and I want them to cover Stricken by Disturbed. Okay. I went with Evanescence. I think Chris Foles and Amy Lee would be awesome. That could be a good combo. And my uh, my cover is a bit weird, but in my mind, it sounds really cool. Um, if they did it together, like, and I was thinking piano type, right. but uh, it's Tuesday's Gone, Leonard Skinner. I could get behind that. I don't think that's weird no, at all. No, that'd be nice. I said Flyleaf. That's a good Another one. female yeah. vocalist. Yeah, with serious power. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want Flaw to cover Greed by Godsmack because I think Flaw could do better than Godsmack did. Yes. That, that. I don't know. <laughs> what makes this artist seem unique? Their ability to expand sounds with their consistently changing lineup. Mine would be vocals and drums. 
I think, dude, if you really, if you really listen to, obviously, you know, you can hear the vocals. He's awesome. But if you really listen to the drums, and that's not to take away anything from the bass, because Ryan was an awesome bassist when yeah. he was there. But the drums, man, the drums to a lot of their songs are killer. He has a way different playing style. It's almost like a marching band type playing style. Like, that's what I feel like he started in. He was either like jazz or marching band type. He's just, dude, his his drumming style is insane. And you're a drummer, so you would know. And I do have a note down here that says, drumming here is very underrated. So I think that's the case. My answer was the vocal transitions. I think the reason you could probably pick this artist out of a giant lineup of alt metal bands is because there is some really surreal, pretty singing going on atop this super talented metal style that Vols has. Those transitions are just highly unique to this group in my experience. How could this artist be most successful in the future? I actually enjoyed his expanding with side projects in between the breaks of the flaw lineup that's consistently changing. I would either say keep with keep expanding with side projects or not that it's ever going to happen, but I also enjoyed the original lineup. Mm-hmm. So that was mine. Get the originals back and get back to work on a, another Through the Eyes album. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... That would be awesome. I think the music is still really good. Uh, it is. I mean... But if they were going for most successful, I would recommend, after listening to Venting, the Five Bolt Main album, I would say let the wall of guitar noise breathe just a little bit um, and obviously limit the Army themes. Yes. Um, yeah. We sound like we're anti no. That's not the case. Yes. It's not the case at it's all. It's just... You're okay. My opinion is I'm not I'm not a very political person. Like I don't want fighting politics all the time, you know, fighting these battles like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna sit down and listen to nothing but political music. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's where it falls for I think we're all on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't appreciate the army. It's not that we don't appreciate, you know, certain things or yeah. you know, this and that. It's just there's no relation. Like, yeah. as far as I related to the first albums, as I was talking about, you know, I don't relate to the later albums because I haven't been in the Army. I'm not that political. I don't have political signs all over my house or in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean I think if you are that way, you shouldn't be that way. It just means that's not the way I am, so I don't relate. Yep. That's where we all land from what yeah. it sounds like. It's just <laughs> not for us. I use music for enjoyment and usually try to try to take away from all that. It's constantly in my face all the time for the for the little bit of time that I can control so I like to take a break from the pains and hardships that I usually have to hear the real world yeah Uh, who would you recommend this artist to and why anyone looking to expand on more metal artists this is definitely a good band to throw into your repertoire that a lot of people aren't like they're not super mainstream but they definitely deserve an acknowledgement when thinking of this genre my answer was simple everyone because they're good (laughs) (laughs) it's a good answer i said people who think rock is nothing but shouting because this will prove otherwise Uh, do we have any optional discussion topics i mean i could throw some (laughs) things out there that i've got in mind if that's cool all right well let's uh let's go through ours and that way if there's anything left we can get to it yeah no that's good I don't have any. I left it open to you guys. Raven's got nothing. Nothing. I wanted to bring up that the lead singer, Chris Voles, has a solo album. I haven't listened to it yet. I wanted to ask you about 
concert performances, you kind of already talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. You'd say they're worthwhile live. Like, oh yes, look into them. They are awesome live. And you said you've seen them five times. Yes, the only show I didn't like was uh, we saw them at Firewater, and um, he got into a fight with the sound guy. Chris did and they shut off his microphone so uh he freaked out but he told the sound guy once he turned it back on he said if you shut my mic down again I will have the whole crowd come back there and kick the shit out of you (laughs) and uh let's just say he never turned off the mic again (laughs) nice So, I mean, there was that that was like the worst show only because the sound quality and for they had some kind of the sound wasn't right, and Chris was getting upset about it, so he was, like, talking about the sound guy. Yeah. So when he got mad, he shut down his microphone, and then it became this battle, like, the mm-hmm. rest of the night, kind of. So it was, like... Took took away yes, from the experience yes, a little bit. Yes, the show wasn't that great. I get it, though. That. You don't want people thinking that you suck live just because the sound guy can't get his shit together yes. back there. Yeah. But I do, I do think they're amazing live. What else do you got? The only thing I had was uh, Jason, the guitarist, one of the guitarists. He left the band uh, to go to law school and became a lawyer. So um, then he took a break from being a lawyer to come back to the band. At one time, they got the original lineup back together, but that didn't last long. They went back. Obviously, uh, Chris was adopted by his mother when he was one. She was an opera singer, so that's where a lot of his vocals came from. She committed suicide um, when he was 12 years old. Um, and that's what the gift is about. Whole is about possibly a few other songs. I'm sure a lot has to do with that. And he actually thought that was his birth mother, right? For a, a long time. Um, I didn't ever hear anything about that. Okay. I can't really fully say 100%. That's cool. um, I thought they were both his adoptive parents. But uh, I recently went back and did some more research because I knew I'd be here. Um, and I believe that that was his dad. Okay. I believe that was his real believe. I don't know that to be hundred percent fact, but, um, from everything I understand, he was only adopted by his mother, you know, was what he says whenever he was one. Well, he has a dad. So that would only seem like maybe it was his dad's wife. His mother left him and she took on that responsibility when she was one. Gotcha. Um, but that's the reason he took up singing and everything was because he was obviously really, really close to his adoptive mother. And if you ever watch the uh, the music video for The Gift, it is that way. It's a child. She's putting him to bed and she lays a note next to the bed. Then she goes in the bathroom and downs a bunch of pills. Mm-hmm. He gets up out of bed and goes and finds her. Again, this is a child who was 12 years old. So I think that's where a lot of his issues come from yeah um so there's a lot of feelings in that band i think as far as he goes that's really all i had i just thought it was really interesting that uh you leave a metal band to become a lawyer whenever you uh on you were wearing makeup on stage yeah. and then suddenly you're <laughs> yeah. representing someone in court yeah it's kind of cool though <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty neat it, all I'm just picturing is him showing up to court in like full metal makeup with like a suit and tie. <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead and take our break, shall we? Raven, what do you have for us? Well, I ain't got no plugs, but my song suggestion of the week this week is going to be 911 by Wyclef Jean featuring Mary J. Blige. I listened to this song a lot growing up. 
forgot about it and listened to it again this past week and forgot how good of a song it is. So just want to share that to the world. Listen to that whole album. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. What do you got this week? Uh, My recommendation for the week is a song called We Are the World by USA for Africa. (laughs) I don't know this song. You don't? No. How do you not know this song? That was it. I was being sarcastic, Shane. I assumed as much. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same page. I know it's kind of a meme now, but I still really appreciate this song for what it represents. A lot of musicians coming together to try improving the lives of other humans in need. We need more of that these days. And I figured a reminder couldn't hurt. It's got a, uh, I think the song was written by Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And there's a Quincy video. Jones produced it. Yep. There's, there's also, a video. There is a video. And it's everything you hope for. I'll put it on mentions as well. Prince was asked to be in We Are the World. He declined because he didn't like the song. And then he ended up doing his own song. I think it was something like AIDS of Africa, something like that. I don't know the Prince one. Sorry. There you go. My plug for the week is a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon, which you can watch on Hulu right now. Um, I haven't watched it yet. That's an awesome movie. Yeah amazing movie really yeah one of the best movies i've seen in a long time Me so as well yes don't sit on the fence just go watch this film don't care who you are just go watch this film since you're going to recommend peanut butter falcon which i have not seen yet i recommend honey boy which is about shia labeouf's life growing up it's uh, available on amazon prime it made me cry can i also go ahead and say while we're in the break that uh i have a bone to pick eventually with our friend Austin, once he comes on the show, because motherfucker posted, he got on Prime the other night mm-hmm. and started posting stories to his Facebook showing like shark movies, like horror yeah. films, like how far deep does this rabbit hole goes? He found one called Caris Hell. Okay. It's got like a fucking carousel unicorn on the front and it's a horror flick. And I'm me. I can't help myself. I went and fucking watched it. It's horrible, Mm. but it's funny. Okay. And uh, I rated that much higher than I thought it would because it did make me laugh quite a bit. But goddamn it, dude, stop doing that to me (laughs) because I have to go watch the shit. I can't stop myself. Anyway, um, let's get on to our next artist. All right. All right. The next artist we covered was Heart. The first album that we covered by them. Recommended by your mama. Recommended by my mom. Sorry. Forgot to say that. Forgot who did it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that she doesn't suggest anything but share. Still waiting on that to not, pop up. Not the case. Not the case. First album that we covered was Dreamboat Annie from 1975. This was my top album. This was my runner-up. This was also my runner-up. I gave it four fives. Seven. Three. My top track was Magic Man. Love Me Like Music, I'll Be Your Song. I knew that was going to be your top. Same top track? I knew that was going to be your top. Mine is also Love Me Like Music. Um, Bottom track, Sing Child. That's probably your mom calling me right now because she knows what's about to come out of my mouth. Um, Yeah? (laughs) Bottom track, Dreamboat Annie. Take your pick. The iterations Mm -hmm. of this track pissed Mm -hmm. me off so bad. Mm -hmm. It's got a great sound, would have been a great song. Make it one track. Repeat the chorus. Yep. None of the versions do they repeat the chorus more than once. I agree. There were three versions of Dreamboat Annie on this album. I enjoyed one of them. 
I don't know why they needed three. Yeah, I had the same bottom end. Okay. <laughs> we okay. basically fully agreed on this album. It's funny because that's what I did. Like, I don't know Heart. Like, I don't really know no Heart, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, listening to this one. It's Dreamboat Annie, obviously. I get a little ways into the album, and I'm like, what? Didn't What's I already this hear one? this song? <laughs> and I look, and I'm like, it's Dreamboat Annie reprise or whatever fantasy like, child yes, yes. Yeah. and then you get to the last one and that's a dreamboat annie reprise right? yes and i was like they put this song on the album yeah. three times yeah so and i it, was like uh. it slightly sounds different a little each time but it not different enough yes it's and if you really dissect the fact that i believe that album had 10 tracks yes yeah so really they broke it down for me to seven Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I mean, that's just my opinion. But no, no, no. I'm, I think you only really get seven tracks out of it. Well, I guess you could say eight because if, Dreamboat yeah, Annie Dreamboat, could yeah. be Dreamboat one. Annie. If they but, had made that just a track of its own and repeated the chorus more than once throughout, I think it would have gotten a five and this would have been a perfect album for me, but yeah. it upset me. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep moving along. Next album that we covered was Little Queen from 1977. This fell in the middle for me. Next to last. That would be, well, a tie for bottom. Okay. Okay. It got one five for me. I gave it two. I gave it four. I gave quite a bit of fours on this album. Uh, My top track was Kick It Out. Still Barracuda. My top track was Cry To Me. Would have been Barracuda, but I, I enjoy Barracuda. I just think it's overplayed. Okay. I get bored of it. I get you. Uh, my bottom track was Sylvan's Song. Go On Cry. It was a close race with Sylvan's Song, but I'm going to go on my bottom would be Barracuda. That song used to do when I think Heard it, was it, on, too much? it was on one of the Fast and the Furious movies, right? Yes. Was it on Tokyo Drift? Uh, I think yeah, it might they have had Tokyo those Drift. Japanese girls. They redid yes. it. And it's like Barracuda. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that used to crack me up Bada-cura. so hard. That's all you can Cor- hear now? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I hear that song, <laughs> it's I just like this bust really peppy, upbeat. So, it, it, it doesn't so, have that yeah. guitar in it. I mean, like it's it a good song. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad song. It's just. That is stuck in my head. I, <laughs> I feel you. Just the way I hear it. I feel you. Next album. Was Dog and Butterfly from 1978. This was my runner-up. This was in the middle. This was tied for last with Little Queen. My top track was... I'm sorry. I gave it two fives. Five fives. One five. My top track was Dog and Butterfly. Mine was Lighter Touch. Mine was Mistral Wind. I could not with that song title. All I could think about was like menstruation. I know it's minstrel, but every time I saw it, I was just, I, it made me think of menstruation. Well, it's mistral. That's what's yeah. weird about it is it's not oh, minstrel. It's not, it's yeah, not it's minstrel. minstrel. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know the meaning. Yeah, <laughs> that was a really good song. I mean the the guitar work. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the one. The guitar was and it, like oh, it man, goes man. places too. Um, yeah. So that's you know. My bottom track was "Cook with Fire." Hijinks. Uh, yes, my bottom track was "Cook with Fire." I gave that song a five. Very weird. <laughs> the guitar work, dude. The band was amazing. It's just that was a weird, like, you know, it's it's just I get weird you. for me. I get you. Next album we covered was Bad Animals from 1987. This was my second to last. This was my top album. I am not surprised at all. This would be second to the last, yeah. I gave it one five. I gave it eight. Two fives. My top track was Alone. Bad Animals. Mine was 
tied for alone in Mad Animals. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, alone, though, I think. It's a jam. My bottom track is I Want You So Bad. Same. Too repetitious. Mm-hmm. And I am the same. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, this album was far simpler than the previous albums, but highly enjoyable 80s synth balladry. They moved away from Nancy's guitar work, focused on the synth, and it was very, very 80s. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask before we yeah. got to our final pick, did you go with Beautiful Broken because you couldn't get the self-titled album on Spotify? I went with Beautiful Broken because I heard them perform this album live. They had just released Beautiful Broken in 2016, which I went to see them in Joan Jett live with my parents at uh, Dos Equis Pavilion. And I had not heard Beautiful Broken I didn't even know the heart was making new music, and this is when they debuted some of those tracks. So that's the reason why I picked it. I kind of regret not picking some, not picking an album from the '90s because I completely skipped it. But for a later date, okay. If you haven't caught on, next album is "Beautiful Broken" from 2016. This was my bottom album. Same. This was my top album. That's refreshing. Like interesting. That. Nice. I gave it one five. I gave it four five. I gave it zero. My top track was two. I jump. I'm going to also go with two. I so. really like that song. My bottom track was I jump. Both of the top tracks that everyone picked, those were the originals from the album, not re-recordings of past songs, right? Two and I jump were both originals. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I know um, two was for sure. I so could... I jump was your bottom. I jump was my bottom. One word was my bottom. Okay, I'm going to say I don't have a bottom because uh, I didn't put one. That's cool. Okay. And I can't remember the titles on there. That's <laughs> so good, like man. I said, I'm new to heart, man. So I was trying to go through and write down as much as I could yeah. about it. And, um, you know, I just don't. I know that that album really surprised me. You can hear the band evolve. Yeah. Basically. You can hear the sound change. And I, I think that's why that was a top album for me because they became they they got away from synth. And I think that's what was killing it a lot for me in the beginning. Was like I said, that that heart type synth sound. Folk. Yes. Yeah. So And a little bit of backstory just to tie off of what Joseph said as far as like the growth of the band. When they started out, okay, you know Ann Wilson. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, their last name's Wilson, right? Yeah, okay. Anne and Nancy Wilson. Yeah, Wilson, just make sure. Anne joined the band. Yeah, this was a band that existed before they came along. Yes, uh, Anne joined Heart, which incidentally... Kind of like Fleetwood. Yeah, she Anne was given a guitar. Nancy took it up. She was obsessed with it as a kid. And Anne joined the band Heart. Nancy was in school. She toured with Heart. She brought Nancy in because they would perform a lot growing up. And you want to talk about like a drama filled. You thought Fleetwood was difficult? They're up there. The guitarist brother who later became their producer is the one and only person that Anne has ever been in a serious relationship with. It lasted 10 years. They broke up. Nancy, when she joined the band, dated the guitarist. So you have two sisters dating two brothers. Who's the one your dad wants to bang so bad? Anne. Okay. The lead singer. I, I figured. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. No, it's Anne, uh, which I found out she, bang, str- bang, bang, bang. she struggled a lot growing up with her weight and then later on. So it's been like a constant struggle. What is it, Joseph? I ain't pussy whipped. Ah, whips pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you have two brothers dating two sisters. 
guess what? It doesn't work out. A lot of drama-filled stuff. The guitarist leaves right... They basically vote him out of the band right before the Bad Animals album. And it was just like... Well, at least they had a democratic process. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, he did chunk a guitar See, at Nancy. This so. band is becoming too political, yeah. Rayburn. I don't know that we continue down this path. Um, the main track on Beautiful Broken, the first track, mm-hmm. featured James Hetfield of uh, Metallica. I was wondering who the male vocalist yeah, was. Yeah, the lead singer-songwriter Metallica. Like, I was going to look it up, and then I never did. I was wondering, he doesn't sound like no. James in yeah. that. Because I, never mind, we won't go down that. I, but. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> did I interrupt your storytelling? No, you I was just going. giving a little bit of backstory. Um, Magic Man was solely about that guy that she dated. I had a lot of trouble giving that song a five coming right off I'm of your sorry. story about I'm Blue. I'm very, very sorry. I did give it a five. but I'm, I'm sorry, but again, I'm not sorry. Anyway. After, you know what? You have no right to pick beef with me after last episode in Magic Man. Why? I'm an honest person, Shane. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Don't tell everybody. Don't tell everybody that I'm... I participate Go ahead, in make it, curri- part, make it part of another episode. Participate in extracurricular activities. <laughs> it's getting too political in here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on to the questionnaire. Weirdest track. Dream Boat Annie reprise. It's not necessary. Dream Boat Annie. You can pick anyone you want. <laughs> just to get rid of one of them. <laughs> All right. Well, I needed to piss some, some heart fans off a little more, I think. Um, not planned, not intentional, but... Dog and Butterfly was my weirdest track. It's a five, mm-hmm. but the lyrics of the chorus, they're just bad. I, I really do not like the lyrics of that chorus. And that is why I was thinking about lyrics, because I noticed them. In that I even, song. I even played it for Megan just to make sure I wasn't crazy. Okay. And she agreed. Okay. I'm not personally offended. I still enjoy the song, but it might have something to do with my mom enjoying that song a lot. So I, I just... think you just have something against dogs and butterflies. Maybe. Do you hate children too, Shane? <laughs> I don't know. I, like I said, it sounds great. I like a lot of that song, but the chorus, the lyrics, they just pull me completely out of it. Mm. Uh, best title. Dog and Butterfly. <laughs> Mine was Beautiful Broken. I think that's an awesome title. How Deep It Goes. You perv. Is no one else catching on? <laughs> like, I want to listen to these songs that no, have these we're suggestive on. titles. We're catching on. It's either like super creative, out of the box, or like extremely pervish. Worst title. Go On Cry. What I would have called it is Sorrow Song. Because you have two songs about crying right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And just change the title of one of them. You can still say what you want to say without putting cry in both titles. Flaw did that too, by the way. Uh, with Worlds Divide, and then they had Decide right after it. Yeah. Which the chorus of Worlds Divide is Worlds Divide, Decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mine was Cook With Fire, and I put, I would have called it anything else. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just cook, just fire. All right. Rachel Ray's, I don't know, it's whatever. Scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah. Scrambled eggs. My cook answer was two, and I would have called it Seriously, the number two. Just the number? Like, seriously, the number two. Like, you called this song the number two. Okay. It was another one where the uh, chorus lyrics kind of pulled me out. Not anywhere near as much mm-hmm. um, as Dog and Butterfly. I don't take personal offense. Strongest element. 
harmonizing vocals and storytelling. Mine was simply guitar. Yep. Guitar work. Uh, they, if we're digging deeper, it was seamless shifts from folk to rock. And it's like the vocals of Flaw. You don't get that sort of versatility mm-hmm. most of the time. Anyway, weakest element. Trying too hard in later albums, which I found out later that those um, kind of 80s albums, they were like forcing them to over-sexualize their bodies and their lyrics. And that's not something that they wanted to do, but they had just signed to a major corporate label. Okay. And I just, I don't think that their heart, I don't think their heart was in it. All right. (laughs) Um, My weakest would have to be the synth. Okay. Like, I just, for me, I mean... You know I'm not upset ever, right? Obviously. Like, you don't upset me, Joseph. Well, Say no, anything I'm ju- you want to, I man. just try to be careful because the thing is, is, like, as a listener, a lot of the times when when you're listening to a podcast or, like, I'm listening to you guys... When you say something, I'm like, but if you if you really dig down to the facts, obviously, like even in this situation, mm-hmm. obviously, I know that if we went and searched listens on Spotify or, you know, like we actually compared ticket sales and stuff like this, heart comes out over flaw. Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. That popularity, heart would the, come like out Like the general, the general consensus. Yes, if you're going to the general, I just don't want people to think that I'm like stating these facts of like, this is what they are, you know, because I don't, I don't know anything about heart. I just want to, you know, be careful with what I say. It's just. That's the beauty of it, man. This is musical opinion. I think that listeners are going to greatly appreciate the fact that you took the time to listen to heart's music and appreciate something for yourself in heart that's automatically going to seem like you're you don't only side with flaw you're finding good in both of these artists and i think that that's something that is very very positive for you as a guest yeah that's so a lot it's of, a good thing that's just a lot of the thing that killed heart for me especially their earlier albums that's why i the rating booths mm-hmm. as we go into later albums they start to fall away from that i'm not big into the 80s synth and stuff like that okay Except for, uh, you know, if it's like Rush or something. (laughs) (laughs) Had to get it in there. Yes, dude, I love them. They're awesome. My my weakest element was some half-baked songs. Uh, It was felt like the lyrics were incomplete. Or not the lyrics, but that the songs were incomplete. A lot of that is present in Little Queen. They just had like, you know, just little pieces of songs. And some of the lyrics did feel rushed. Mm Mm-hmm. Who do you think that they sound like? A spring daydream. That's pretty good. That's all I got. I said di- uh, different elements sound like a mixture of Floyd at times, Pink Floyd, Fleetwood Mac, Jefferson Airplane, and Pat Benatar. I did get a Pink Floyd vibe at mm-hmm. times, but I didn't. I didn't write anything because you know I explained where I stand on things like mm-hmm. that. I couldn't really, you know, a lot of the synth and guitar. Reminds me of Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. So um, if I picked someone, it would be Pink Floyd, I guess. But when would you listen to Heart, or how does the music make you feel? Makes me feel like a sensual flower child. (laughs) I said reading by a fire, reading by a warm fire. I don't know why I need to say warm. It's funny, Shane, because we're not far off. I just use the actual term. I like it. Trippy. Like, if I was going to do a bunch of acid, that would be a time to listen to heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not disagreeing at all. 
What was your first or best experience with this artist? Hearing these dreams as a child. This is a song that was actually sung by Nancy and the writers of the song. We've already talked about previously, I think, that uh, Bernie Toppin was part of this. I didn't know that Martin Page also had a hand in writing this song. That's the person who wrote uh, We Built This City. Ah, okay. So you take Elton John's songwriter, mix it with the guy who did Starship's We Built This City. Mm Mm-hmm. And you get these dreams. Nice. And the reason that Nancy apparently didn't record a lot of vocals for other songs is because she had a cold when they recorded this track and she couldn't recreate get like the, the sound gruffness. Back. Yeah. And apparently the producers were big on saying like, why can't you just get sick again? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Coughing into her mouth and mm. shit, trying to get the sound back. I said always around. Heart was always being played. I can't necessarily specify my first time with heart my best time was listed in a past episode about blue so go listen it she's not going to say it again i'm not mine was a uh, barracuda the soundtrack <laughs> that it's it whatever soundtrack is on i think it was it was that, tokyo drift i think You're right. so that's funny dude that was like i didn't know that that was heart until i just had to go listen to it and so I was like, oh, that's heart. Obviously, I've heard songs like Alone before, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that was heart, obviously, um, just because I wasn't, it's not something I seeked out, you know, mm-hmm. but. Who would you want them to collaborate with and what cover would you like them to do? I said David Gilmore. That's the guitarist of Pink Floyd for obvious reasons. Uh, they they would mesh really well. A good song by David Gilmore to listen to, to hear what I'm talking about, is a song called The Blue. What I would want Hart to cover specifically is a Dr. Hook song called Up on the Mountain. It always comes back to Dr. Hook. Yeah. I listened to him this past week. I won't knock you. I would want them to collaborate with Sticks, and the song that I would like them to cover is Telephone Line by Electric Light Orchestra. I didn't have a cover. I tried. Tried, thank. But uh, collaboration this is, this artist. Is tough, dude. Freddie Mercury. That would be cool. I I got a lot of like she seems like she would sound really good with Freddie. I mean, you know, and they they're not far away from each other. I mean, Queen and It's them. funny that Joseph says this because in one of your books you list your dream band. My two vocalists were Ann Wilson and Freddie Mercury. I shit you not. <laughs> so, See? all right. There you go. They were my male and female vocalist choice. It works. What makes this artist seem unique? I think the fact that they've had two very successful sound variations. There was the classic rock meets folk sort of sound that they came out with originally, mm-hmm. then moving into the 80s sensual synth sounds, and they were successful in both, highly. I said their vocals, harmonies, and guitar work. Mine was just simply guitar. Like I said, I don't know a lot about the band, um, but... That's what would hook me about this band mm-hmm. if it was going to. Their guitar riffs are really, really good. You notice it. Mm-hmm. How could this artist be most successful in the future? Sorry, Joseph. I said avoid production values like those on Beautiful Broken. The album sounded like a, a demo to me, like a highly produced demo, but something about it felt lacking in emotion. I, I something something was wrong there for me. I don't know what it was. Well, I'm gonna apologize to Shane because I said get back to folk inspirations. I loved their early sound. I like the folk stuff. But you like their eighty stuff more. You liked bad animals. Yeah. I think bad animals and Dreamboat Annie both would have been Oh yeah, that's right. Contenders. That's right. 
What about you, Joseph? Um, I didn't put anything because I think they were successful. So, I mean, I don't know how you could have more success than as many albums as they put out. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't feel comfortable putting anything. I feel okay. so, And I don't know enough about the band. Like, I don't know, you know, well, I'd like this person to come back or that or that, mm-hmm. like I did with Flaw. Yeah. I don't know enough about the band. Yeah. So I'm just, I didn't put anything. I get you, man. I can agree with that. They've had such a large following and have found success. All they would really need to do is just kind of keep being in order to continue being successful. I mean, exactly. And like I said, I think they're good at evolving with the way music is changing, but also at the same time keeping it old. Mm-hmm. And that's what that last album reminded me of was mm-hmm. it's you still get that old school sound or feel, but it's it's still you get that updated at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I so you. I think I think they're doing really good. Who would you recommend this artist to and why? People who don't know just how influential women have been in the evolution of rock. That's a good you know what? Fuck my answer. I'm I'm piggybacking off of Shane's. What was your answer? Mine was I th- I thought about changing this before we got in here. I really did. I said any lover of whimsical sounds of the seventies, but the sheer female empowerment, especially two sisters, and you can tell that they're like they're a bonded pair. Like there's no way that one of them is gonna do something without the other. And I think that they work together. You cannot have one without the other. And I don't I wouldn't want to. But I like your answer. It sounds better, Shane. I'm stealing it. I didn't have an answer because nobody <laughs> nobody I know would Listen to heart. Listen to heart. That's okay, man. I guess. I yeah. mean, everybody I know that would listen to heart already listens to heart. Mm-hmm. So nice. So you don't need to teach them anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I found out this week something surprising, uh, which was that my mom apparently doesn't love heart. I always thought she was a big fan. Dreamboat Annie is my song for your mom. Yeah, and there's a. I remember thinking. <laughs> The Susudio experience, and mm-hmm. we talked about hearing it in the car, and yep. the older people really liked it, and it made me feel like I would be old if I liked it. Yeah. That all I want to do is make love to you track, and that used to come on the radio. My mom was all about singing that song, and it made me so uncomfortable, but apparently she's not the biggest fan, and I never knew that. Maybe all she wanted was somebody hmm. to make love with her. Well, you know, as long as I don't have to walk in on it, like a certain somebody's yeah, had to do okay. it. So. Optional discussion topics? Anything? At one point, they did do a side project before their Beautiful Broken album. I did not write it down because I literally heard it on the way up here. Uh, But Anne and... um, Why am I forgetting her name? Nancy. Nancy, thank you. (laughs) Anne and Nancy did do a side band where they were going to... start something else and they weren't going to come back to heart but then they changed their mind and they decided to do the beautiful broken album and they did it with the anticipation of it not being very successful but doing it as just an additional creative outlet so cool they did do a side project with a completely different lineup that was not heart i did not know that the more you know the more you know who is uh your favorite between the sisters i think joseph would go with nancy because of the guitar work right Yes. I feel like I relate more to Anne, which is not surprising because my mom calls me and my sister Anne and Nancy. Mm-hmm. But I really, really like Nancy, too. Yeah. Um, I would have said Nancy, but Anne's abilities are profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The self-titled album, Heart, is missing from yes, Spotify, which upset me to a very real degree because I've never sat down to listen to a Heart album in its entirety, but that one contains the majority of my favorite Heart mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. Alone and Wait for an Answer were both covers of 
original versions of songs I've never heard and I still haven't gone to listen to. Alone was a cover. And Wait for an Answer, there's a track by Blind Guardian called Wait for an Answer. They share nothing in common, but for some reason the chorus sounds the same to me, and I don't know if it's just because they're using the same words, Mm. so you can't help it. Yeah, but but compare the two. Yeah. The sisters wrote almost everything that we listened to, which was interesting to me for a band that was already together when they came along. Fleetwood had the same sort of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were they like live? They were really good. It's hard to gauge the concert experience because it I was... I you'd be geeking. It was pouring rain. We had to wear ah. ponchos. It was an outdoor venue. Uh, we were up on the lawn area, so we literally had to... It was three bands, Joan Jett, Hart, and I believe it was Ario Speedwagon. And Hart was the headliner. Joan Jett went on before Hart. So I was... It was a while till I got to him. I enjoyed them a lot. They were really, really good. They're not as crazy on stage because they are getting a little bit older. I will say Nancy's awesome live. Anne's vocals are still really good, but it's, I mean, she's having to stay in one place and kind of focus all of her energy into her vocals. So uh, Joseph, did Heartbeat Flaw this week for you? Uh, Not for me. (laughs) Was it It, close? It was, uh, no, no, it was not close. And Rayburn, did Flaw come close to beating Hart for you this week? There was a 0.3 difference. Alrighty. Hart came out at a 3.5. Flaw came out at a 3.2. I only counted the four Flaw albums. Even if I uh, extrapolate that up to five, if we're leaving it at four, Flaw had 32 fives for me. Hart had 24 over five albums. So Flaw came out on top. Yeah, Flaw won this week for me by every metric. But I will say Hart had fewer songs and there was an album on our lineup that I just didn't really care for. I think that's fair. The The difference in fives from both artists, while I enjoy a lot of what Hart has to bring to the table, Flaw had six fives. Hart only had 10. So it was it was still pretty, pretty close. Yeah. Well, I think this came out pretty much how I expected. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, I mean, I don't, like I said, there. it's hard to compare two totally different bands. Yes. yes like yes. you're comparing 80s to, you know, millennium times. So it's like yeah. 70s even. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's hard. And we've yeah. talked about this too. It's just for show, right? Right. Yeah. We actually, if we were getting to choose, we absolutely wouldn't put flaw up against heart. But with it com- being completely randomized and having the listener participation, suggestion, things like that, that's the reason why we've stuck to this format. Yeah. And but, there's there's definitely been some weeks too where I thought I probably would have picked the other artist if I was just going strictly off of emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. th- I'm just saying this specifically for me yeah like i don't i don't want people to think i think heart is a terrible band or that flaw is like way better you know because it's just not my style and it's hard to compare the two so you know i was thoroughly surprised when you started giving numbers and stuff that you uh, felt as good about heart as you did yeah yeah i was surprised too during the later later albums because when heart first started i was like sure hell dude this is gonna be just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> terrible for me all the way to work all the way from from work like you know i thought it was about to get really really bad <laughs> but during the later albums i was like oh and then you know like i said if you just listen to the guitar work man and the drums are actually really good too but i think the guitar just overrides 
everything yeah. about that band. Yeah. Honestly. Nancy dated both the guitarist and the drummer. I'm just going to throw that out there. She broke up with the guitarist to be with the drummer. She and that's why there was so much drama in that band. Yeah, there was yeah, there was there was a lot. But anyway. Well. <laughs> uh getting back to our questionnaire here for you, Joseph. Let's learn a little more about you while we got you on the show. What's your guilty pleasure artist? Simple plan. Really? Yes, dude. People make fun of me, but did I still listen to Perfect, Addicted? Like, dude, I People just... make fun of people for that? Yes. I mean, I get I get laughed at when I'm throwing on some perfect by simple. Play. It's so emo. I get it, but oh. dude, that band was just. I think they were really good. They were. I mean, I love that's, that band. that's a that's a guilty pleasure artist. For there me. is there is something about it. Uh, I noticed it when I listened to Untitled. I used to feel that in my bones, yeah. and I and I, I went through a lot of emotional struggles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've all. But been now, there. when you listen to it, it's like I was I was really in my head, and, and and that's like my now we're getting to the times where that's my classic music right there. Yeah, Blink, <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two. That's uh, classic. What is it? Um, 1985 by Bowling for Soup has a completely different meaning. Like when we were listening to 1985, they redid it. And it's like 19, oh no, 2005 because we're like so much time has passed. They redid that? Uh, they, not Bowling for Soup, another person came in and redid it to be relevant to the kids that were listening to 1985 now that most of us are grown up and we have children and we feel what yeah, I get the you. mom in that song was feeling. And Joseph, when you're looking back on things, do you typically feel embarrassed about some of the stuff that you used to like? Mm, not really. Not really? Yeah, I mean, I went through different phases just like everybody else. I never really did any, listen to anything I was embarrassed about or anything like that. I have a lot of... uh Things you wouldn't think I'd listen to. Like, I developed, uh, well, one t- song in particular, Hello by Adele. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was obsessed with that song for a long time. And then, um, is it Pink? Just a Pill? Okay. Yep. Dude, I wanted to cover that song. And yeah. there's one other one she did that I thought would be a really good cover. But I did, wouldn't say embarrassed. It's just that Did you one. like Hello before the Leo cover? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. And that's why I was so excited when he did the cover. Because I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, what's funny <laughs> is almost every guy I know obsessed with Hello. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've met a few women who've made fun of their significant others for liking that song so much. Not going to name any names. Jennifer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joseph, what artist do you refuse to listen to? Um, well, I marked out a bunch because I kept putting different ones. Um, thought, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to. Yeah, um, I settled on Billie Eilish. That's not to say I've heard some of her choruses that are really good, dude. But it's kind of like the whole uh, mumble rap. I knew. I can only listen to so much. Yeah, whispering ASMR. Yeah, mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna take anything away from her. It's just, I feel like if you were wanting to torture me, locking me in a room and just putting that on repeat would probably drive me insane. (laughs) My (laughs) wife recently, because we were talking about Eilish and I'm not very experienced, I had heard, I think, bad guy and didn't care for it when I heard it. 
She made me sit down with the music videos until we actually found one that I liked. Mm -hmm. It didn't take long, so I haven't heard a whole bunch. But she, the one I liked, whatever it was, she said it was covered by somebody else and she likes the cover better. So I think her vocal style must just be turning a lot of people off in spite of what I'm guessing is really good songwriting capability. What video did you see? Uh, she was bleeding black stuff out of her eyes toward That's the end. When oh, Katie made me watch that. She was like, look at this video. It's so cool. Dude, I was like, I don't even get what it is, man. And when she's like, the it's party's cool. over. That was my Eilish song that I said you needed to listen to because it had made me cry recently. It was in my songs that make you cry. Isn't, ah. isn't she the one that does You Should See Me in a Crown? Yes. Or something like that? Dude, that chorus... Oh my God, that is one. I could probably listen to the chorus over and over because I think the chorus is awesome. And I think it would do, again, another good metal cover. But it's just her whispering through the whole. I also really enjoy uh, All the Good Girls Go to Hell. There's a beat to it. It's not slow and drawn out. Joseph, what's your favorite music video? Uh, Incubus Volume 2. It's not necessarily, um, I didn't know what you meant, like, if it had to be a certain video to a song or what, but this is obviously, it's a, it's a full DVD, it's a full video, it's a live video, if I remember right, they do throw some videos in it, um, it's just a DVD, dude, and that, I think it is awesome. It's Incubus back when Brandon had the dreads and, you know, they were a totally different band back then. And you've been into Incubus since before they were big name, right? Mm. Or did you just go backward in the discography once you started listening yes, to Yes, I kind of did that. Um, Pardon Me is what I remember from them. And um, it wasn't until I moved to California and uh, Dallas, which I'm yeah. sure you've heard about. Um, he threw on the video and was it's like, an old friend of ours. Was like, uh, this is old Incubus. And I was like, what? And then, you know, that's when science came about. Like, I really got into that. And I didn't know Incubus used to be, like, pretty heavy. I mean, as far as if you're comparing newer stuff to older, they were pretty heavy back then. Yeah. So that's where I got into that. What's your favorite live album? Linkin Park, Live in Texas. Really? Dude, oh my God. Best live album ever heard. I've never sat down to listen to it. It's good, dude, huh? It, dude, it is amazing. And that is one of my biggest regrets is that i will never get a chance to see that band live yeah like as far as you know um with the original lineup lineup i don't know yeah. what they're gonna do now or what um but man if dude they sound at least on that live album dude they sound amazing and i like how they add things like one step closer they add something different like every show the bridge in that song is different well, that's cool and it's awesome dude it's so awesome they do this big intro and another live album they're really good at doing live albums but that was my favorite very cool i remember being at work when i found out that chester had passed and uh i was with people who uh they didn't really know i don't think much of anything but what was on the radio early on and I had just finished listening to the new album, the last one that came out before that happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Because that was a rough album to listen to. You kind of knew yes. that he was not Where in the greatest, greatest place. Yeah, and if you go back, you can you can really hear it the whole time, man. Even on Hybrid Theory, like, uh, you know, the song Crawling. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, that is probably... I didn't really 
get into the lyrics dissecting it as far as I did until after he committed suicide because I wanted to know how this happened. Like, that wasn't anybody in that band that I thought, oh, one day you might commit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't seem like that type of band, you know? Like, it didn't seem like they were dealing with issues. It just seemed like they were, you know, but if you really get into the lyrics through crawling, like, all that stuff, like, it just, you can really tell, obviously, you know? The dude had, like, he had battled lots of issues, which is terrible. And how beautiful is it, by the way? And it's a really sad loss or whatnot. But in a world where we really kind of let friendships fall by the wayside and then just don't worry about it ever again, that the loss of a friend could, you know, tear someone that much. You know, it. I don't know. There's there's yeah. something really powerful about it in spite of it being a tragedy. Yeah, I don't know. yeah exactly. Uh, what makes for a bad musician? I just put someone that's not. I mean... I believe if if you really want to, you can learn to do lots of things. Um, for instance, uh, when I was in school, middle school, I wanted to be in band. And uh, the lady was like, oh, what do you want to play? And I said, drums. She was like, do this with your hands and feet. And I was like, okay. So I was playing these little rhythms with my hands and feet. She was like, you don't have the rhythm to be a drummer. And I was like, okay, I'll show you, lady. You know, like it, that's what drove me one day. Like I knew one day I was going to play drums because she told me I didn't have what it took to be a drummer. You know what I'm saying? And I learned, I'm not saying like I'm an amazing drummer, but obviously she was wrong because uh, I can keep a rhythm. Teacher lady, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Stupid teacher lady. <laughs> That's cool. I like that answer. I guess I'm going to say. Well, say what you got to say. I wanted to go ahead, or we wanted to go ahead and give this to you now before we draw. This is your thank you for coming on. It's official Rated Radio merch because all of our guests get one. And we just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to talk to our dumbasses about some music. Yes. I got me a t shirt. Yeah. In spite of the stuff that went on this week, I am very much appreciative to have you on. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I said it earlier with my, uh, what'd you call me? Uh, sappy shit. Yeah, my sappy ass. Uh, I know it wasn't always obvious from the beginning, dude, but I'm I'm extremely happy you've been in my life. Well, thank you. As to you, too. Many thanks. <laughs> Let's get on to the drawing. Ooh, okay. So, something about next week. We will have a guest on. It is a mystery guest. It's me again. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph lives here now. (laughs) And because next week is a mystery guest, we have a mystery artist next week. Tune into the social media to see what albums and artists we will be covering next week. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait till the show's out to know who we're covering, in addition to whoever comes out of our listener jam jar. You want to do the honors, Joseph? Yes, I can. All right. Let's get down to this. See what we got. Love the commentary. Oh, it's so deep in there. He knows what he's doing just right off the bat. You can tell he's been in front of a mic. Oh, oh, oh. I dumped some out. He I don't just leave dead silence. I'm just grabbing. Okay. I got one now. We'll have to put those back. I dumped them all in the floor. Because that was the best I got draw yet. One. Oh, I got two. I'm going to throw that one back and not even look at it. Okay. Um, geez, that, these are tiny. They are tiny, dude. Uh, Maroon 5. Maroon 5. Okay. The other side should say who requested it. Oh, does it? Okay, I'm sorry. We got, uh, I think it's Sandra. Let me see. Yeah. Yep, Sandra. That sounds about right. Sandra yep. requested Maroon 5. So that will be next week. And what are your thoughts on Sandra, Joseph? 
a mean, mean lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I, I had a lot of fun out at uh out at their place, man. Corey, you know, we were best friends for a long, long, long time. Yeah. Then they moved away. We used to always stay out there and uh, play Guitar Hero and, you know, drinks, hypnotic and other things. Get a certain <laughs> someone to hit a fucking water bong in a bathtub for a jug of milk yeah uh, uh, fuck y'all dude. one of our favorites was uh gravity bongs back then we homemade gravity bongs in uh granberry back in the woods when we would sit up in the the woods because we didn't want to stay in the houses we'd have the fires going out there i used to have the uh, glass bottles for your drinks and you'd like drill holes into them oh them soby bottles soby bottles thank yes. you yeah, those that was were, a big thing. Those were pretty cool. You could, I remember you could buy them and you didn't even have to drill the hole. You would uh, put a screwdriver right, they had these little indentions where they oh, go in. that's right. And you'd put a screwdriver right there on it and if you tapped just it, pop it. it would just, the glass would break perfect. It's like they were designed to do that. Yeah. Like if there was a commercial, you know, and they could legally market it, I bet they were like, finish the drink, pop the glass out, <laughs> smoke, you know, or something. Those were it. Seemed, it just seemed too easy. Like it seemed like it was really designed that way. I don't Secret know. marketing, in yes. a way. And to be clear, Sandra had no part in this. She just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She just was nice enough to let us run around and do whatever we wanted to do. Yeah, this just all happened to be at her house. Yeah, was she bad. was working because she was responsible, and we were not most mm-hmm. of the time. But thank you, Sandra. I'm guessing this is here because she watches the show that Adam hosts. Oh, the lead singer of Maroon Five. The Voice. Is it The Voice? Mm-hmm. Oh, The Voice. Yeah. I don't know if he's still yeah, on Yeah, I it, forgot he was on there. But yeah, he was on it for a while. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I look forward to covering the music. I've only really heard the first album, so. Mm, okay. It's going to be going to be interesting along with our mystery guest mystery. and artist next week. So tune in. And I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, come find us online. Let us know what you want to hear next because it's what you choose to share that ultimately makes your melody unforgettable. You can email us at rated underscore radio at yahoo.com. And with that, we're gone again until next time. Peace. Later. Thanks for letting me be here. Fill your life with music. And you're welcome. Vagina. Vagina.